Hi, Noel T. Manning II here, and welcome to Meet Me at the Movies Open Dialogue, where we spend time with filmmakers uh, getting to learn about their craft, their art, and why they do what they do. So happy today to have the uh, writers and directors for Annabellum with us, uh, Gerard Bush and also Christopher Renz. We appreciate you guys so much for being here today. Oh, it's our pleasure. Thank you for having us. I, I'm going to say this before we get started. Uh, when I look back at films of 2020, uh, recently had um, some dialogue with one of my film journalist friends, several of them. And one of them, I'm going to go ahead and give his name, Daryl Manziel, had Annabellum as the best cinematography of the year. So, so Daryl, I want to go ahead and give him a shout out because he was high on praise for <clears throat> Annabellum. So I wanted to make sure we mention that. And we'll talk cinematography and a few other things. Um, as well. I'd love to hear uh, about your collaborative process in developing and fulfilling stories because there's one thing to be able to develop an idea, but then to execute it and see it come out the other end is something completely different. So I'd love to hear about the collaboration between you two and what that process is like. Well, first of all, we've, we've been together for 12 years and, and when we first got together, it was like the third or fourth day we had uh, an idea about aliens that we wanted to write. And we went back to my place and started writing it. Um, and, and we were really excited about it living in Miami, Florida. Um, but we looked at each other. This was right in the middle of a great economic implosion. Uh, and everything was really going pear-shaped and we were at ground zero in Miami with real estate. So he so, said, you know, look, we're not about to pack up all of our stuff and move to Los Angeles on a wing and a prayer. Right. Um, we, need to, we need to hone our skills together and individually to figure out who we are as storytellers individually so then what we can come together. Um, and that's when we started our shop, Bush and Wrens. And over the next 10 years, we really developed uh, a visual identity and language, um, a, a way of writing together that toward the end of that, it became almost telepathic. Yeah. Um, so the collaborative process for us really boils down to a really um, simple tenet, which is to say, we defer to the person who feels the most passionate about a thing that we are debating um, or an issue that we're debating. Now look, on the rare occasion, we can both get deeply entrenched in our point of view is the right way to go, mm -hmm. um, but we always find a way through. Christopher, you wanna add anything to that or is that right, right on target there? No, I would, I would just say that um, I, it, it's a good thing that we write and direct because most of those, all, really all of those, those um, those conversations or, or um, disagreements that we may have on, on certain things happen in the privacy of our own home. So that by the time we go and we're on set directing, we know exactly what we want. When you look at uh, Annabellum, I think it's one of those films to me that I see as this uh, cross section, intersection of art, entertainment, and, and, and also commentary. And that is a truly difficult thing to execute and execute well. And, and to see you doing this for this feature film debut is pretty, pretty astounding. Uh, how were you able to get to that point to be able to find a way to bring those together? You know, well, first of all, we had a lot of, we had a lot of support. I mean, we had people that had 
that had been making films for a long time in our in our department heads. So we were really lucky to have Gary Marcus, who was a brilliant AD. Um, we had uh, Jeremy Woodward, who is, I think Chris and I are just super fans of him as a, uh, a production designer, uh, Mary Zofries. Uh, Lorraine Mayfield, our casting director, who essentially is like, she's a classic, but she's like a, a shot of, of Jack Daniels, no chaser. She's very <laughs> Southern, um, you know, very direct. Uh, but these people, it, it, it provides you some guardrails to have a certain amount of freedom because you know that you have, have engaged with best in class people that help you to bring that vision to fruition. We could not have made, none of it would be possible without the extraordinary group of people that were surrounding us. Um, but, you know, ultimately, I think we were just incredibly lucky that our story hit when it did, because it's not like we had a lot of money and resources with the film. The, the budget is less than $10 million. So when we were going after, we were shopping for, you know, Bentleys on a Honda budget. So we were out there like, you know, trying to persuade these brilliant department heads to come onto our project. So we were really lucky that they believed in the script. And it was really, I mean, the, the fact that we had all of these folks, so you said Gary Marcus, Alex Scott, like so many incredible people that we were able to come in, you know, on time and under budget with under 10 million and 27 days. Yeah, we shot this thing in 27 days. Wow. We had one rain day. We worked, all of us worked like dogs. Um, and we were in the trenches, you know, in, with the mosquitoes, with the snakes, doing the work and like making it all come together as best we could. But again, um, kudos to our incredible team. We could not have done it without, without these extraordinarily gifted artists. Wow, 27 days, absolutely incredible. And you mentioned earlier casting and you, you can't not talk about the casting and uh, Janelle, Janelle Monet and her physical performance at, at times when there was no dialogue mm -hmm. was really uh, quite, quite, quite impressive. And uh, talk about, if you would, the directing uh, of her, but also the directing uh, when you're directing dialogue compared to the physical performances. There are some differences, and I think, of course, a, a great acting talent can make that work either way, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on how you handle that and also bringing in uh, the casting that you did. It was, um, when we thought about, about uh, Eden as a character and how uh, her speaking and all of the people on the plantation who were enslaved, it was an insult to the, the, the slave owners or to the, uh, I don't want to get anything away. It, 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 it was important that you be able to communicate as an artist in a nonverbal way, mm -hmm. given what we had to achieve in the first act of that film. Right. And so Janelle would have a lot of conversations with Christopher and myself about how um, Eden would move um, and how she was able to contemplate what her next move was going to be. There was a rich inner world that had to be indicated just at the surface of her expressions. Mm -hmm. And, you know, how does the body move 
when it is it is in a fight or flight mode, but in captivity? How does the body move when it's been branded? Mm-hmm. How does the body move when um, when it's doing all that it can psychologically to protect the 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 the, the human body from completely breaking down from trauma? Uh, and so those conversations were active and ongoing and, and centerpiece to the performance. Janelle is someone um, who is in possession of a, of a quiet power that was so essential for the casting of that role. Yeah, no, absolutely marvelous and the supporting cast as well. Um, this is a film that in many ways crosses genres uh, talk about some of the influences that maybe you got or inspirations, inspirations that you had to pull this, uh, this film together. I think one of the, the main inspirations we had for Antebellum was Gone with the Wind. Hmm. Um, we felt so strongly about that that we, along with our incredible cinematographer, uh, Pedro Luke, obtained the lenses from Gone with the Wind and shot wow. all the plantation scenes using those lenses. Wow. Mm-hmm. I mean, we were, we, we, um, we were determined uh, to use the same weaponry that was uh, utilized to misinform and to create beautiful and very effective propaganda. We were determined to use those lenses to correct the record. Um, and so that was a, a really big inspiration for us. C and I both um, love uh, really great films of all categories. I mean, we could go back to um, Ordinary People, uh, or we could go to uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, or you know, Eyes of Laura Mars. Or we had a we we have a real appreciation for that uh, '70s early '80s canon. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we wanted something that felt like, well, what if we made Antebellum in 1978? And you remember like in the seventies with, you know, the looking for Mr. Good bars and those films of, of, of that era, um, that, that, that some felt like the American movie going audience was becoming desensitized to violence. Right. And now what we've gotten is that the American audience has become so trained to a very, um, oh my God, it's like a, it's it's so much of it are like theme park rides, mm-hmm. and it is important to to Christopher and I that we go back to the power of cinema right. and the value that cinema can have in terms of changing hearts and minds and shifting consciousness and having us confront these very difficult issues we would much rather people be triggered in the safety of their own homes or in a movie theater right. rather than us to continue living in an open air shooting gallery because we're not confronting the truth of a thing. Right, right. And in, in speaking truth and in sharing message and sharing theme, uh, I know you had something probably intentional from the script, but after it got to the screen, were there things that uh, came out of that that maybe you didn't expect? Uh, or thoughts that came about uh, came out of that that you didn't expect and that maybe others interpreted and you're like wow I, I didn't even think of that. That's a good question. <laughs> I, I I think that for us we 
in actually seeing the film for ourselves when it was when it was done, like as it was as we were starting to construct it in the dailies, we were looking at it. It was so much more prismatic than okay. we even um, expected, uh, and that it was um, it was like what we what our idea was twofold that we wanted to turn the lights on um, to show all of the beauty and all of the ugliness and how those two things can live simultaneously in the same space wow. in the same time. Um, and, and some of that as it began to unfold um, in the movie and some of what we heard, heard back, I think that, that the interpretation and how it would take people on, on a ride where they would think, you know, that's not right. That shouldn't really be there. That's not appropriate for the period. And then it wasn't until they experienced the entirety of the film, do they then go back and they have a completely different experience in what they thought they were seeing and wow. what it ended up being. Fascinating. And, and the research that I'm sure you had to go into to create not just the story but you know, you look at the production design and the locations and everything that goes involved in that. Talk a little bit about that research and, and fulfilling that research on screen as well. Well, I think it was it was key that um, you know our location was a real plantation, but that it was a plantation that respected the past and 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 we did a lot of um of scouting to find the evergreen plantation where we ended up shooting uh and miss jane who's the owner who who really respects the past and wants to utilize the plantation to tell um the real history mm -hmm. and that was a stark contrast to other locations that we saw that felt more like they were exploiting it you know you would you would go and and they would tour the, the cabins of the enslaved people and then you would go through a gift shop and it wow. just felt wrong and so yeah. we wanted to make sure that you know we were we were doing everything in, in the most respectful way possible we're also we're also huge history buffs um so we needed to make sure that we had consultants all along the way to make sure that all everything that we were putting on screen was was vetted and run down and 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 um and accurate to historical context and fact we also wanted to incorporate pieces that were really subtle. Um, for instance, Hitler was obsessed with Wagner um, and we wanted the score to the film when you start the, the, the movie, when you're first immersed into the antebellum South, that we wanted to tip the hat about um, neo-Nazis and about um, the way a, a a collective psychopathy within a society can metastasize so quickly and burn out of control. And wow. so we wanted this sort of operatic sense. We also incorporated um, the enslaved people, the kidnapped people whistling the black national anthem of lift every voice. Um, there, there are these little things that when you pay attention, you realize oh, there's something else going on because the period, it doesn't quite match. Right. But, and then it all comes together. Yeah. 
But the beauty of, of storytelling through any art form is, is fascinating. And I've always been drawn to film because you can do so much through mm -hmm. sight, through sound, through narrative and, and uh, a little more. But uh, I want to thank you guys both so much for spending time with us today, uh, Christopher Renz uh, and uh, Gerard Bush. Uh, any final thoughts or comments you want to share about Annabellum before we wrap? We'd, we'd like to say that um, in what happened most recently at the Capitol, which we found um, to be deeply disturbing on, on a whole host of, of, of levels, um, because America, at the end of the day, like this is, this, is, this is the only country that, that has really pulled off the, the experiment of democracy in any real and meaningful way over uh, an extended length of time. And no, you know, we haven't always gotten it right, but I do think that, that there's the most, we have the best potential to reach that point. Um, what we have to decide for ourselves in reference to antebellum, the word antebellum means a period before a civil war, specifically the American Civil War. What we need to decide for ourselves is, is that the antebellum of the past or is that the antebellum of the present? Christopher Renz, Gerard Bush, thank you guys so much for taking time right here on Meet Me at the Movies Open Dialogue to talk with us about Annabellum and about filmmaking. Really appreciate you and I look forward to what's next, what's in store for the rest of us as well. All right, thank you thank very you so much. I appreciate it, thank you. For Open Dialogue, I'm Noel T. Manning II. That's a wrap. Thanks guys.